As Shannon comes to read the scripture this morning, I want to again remind you of the other image. Paul, the Apostle Paul, uses the metaphor of the body. And as you hear the words that he uses about how what it takes to be the body of Christ. We're going to stop the reading at the end of chapter 12, but there's a phrase at the end of chapter 12 that says, and now I will show you a more excellent way. If you have your Bibles, then turn in and look at what the next chapter is. Paul describes this incredible gift of what the body of Christ is, but then follows it with how we are to be. And guess what that is? 1 Corinthians 13, all about love. So, listen to these words. Think of the body, but also think of that clock as well. All the workings of the clock. Shannon? Hear now the word of God. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as God chose. If we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body we think less honorable, we clothe with great honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body. But members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. Holy wisdom, holy word. 
Did I mention that we have somewhere in the range of 175 volunteers in this church? And I know we miss some. It is incredible to me the heart that is you and the fact that almost without exception, every person involved in this church works for the greater good. We left the screens down so that you could look at yourselves this morning. And did I mention the workings of a clock? And I love these pictures, but just think about the workings of a clock. And those of you that have seen this, I I would tell you on the mantle in our fireplace in the family room is a beautiful Seth Thomas clock. And Dorothy and I were looking at some of the old pictures of, of our growing up years. We do this, you know, take out the old albums every once in a while and, and look at those. And there on the mantle at her home in New York City was that same Seth Thomas clock. Here's the issue with the Seth Thomas clock. You can't plug it in. And so what do you have to do to make sure it continues to work? You have to wind it. But you can't wind it too far because then you'll break the spring. But you have to wind it just right. And sometimes we forget to wind it and it slows down. And you can tell because the chime goes really slowly. We also have a grandmother clock, and and we've taken, uh, because we've had to have it fixed and repaired once in a while, and if you turn it over, it's very similar. It swings on a pendulum. And there, in the workings, if you look in the back, it's just so incredibly intricate. The beautiful intricacies that go into that clock. Some of the big sprockets that are so obvious But then you have the little tiny sprockets and the little tiny springs. But as I said, if any one of those sprockets or springs is not in place, what happens? It stops. Or if some small speck of dirt gets into that clock, whether it's the Seth Thomas or the granddaughter or grandmother clock. What happens? It stops. So similar to us as a body. That in our bodies, if we get this little minuscule microscopic bacteria or virus, sometimes we call it the flu. You can't see it. It's so tiny. But what does it do to us? But it makes us ill and we have to stop. It's amazing. This scripture this morning is so beautiful, particularly on this Volunteer Sunday. And I want to just quickly go through a number of things that that we need to come to terms with as as we not only look at celebrating you as volunteers, but as we look ahead at, at what makes this all work. As we unwrap the scripture first, I've got 10 very short statements to make here that I want, I am hoping you will recognize in yourselves. First, I want to make sure that every single one of us, whether you've only been here for two weeks, Miss Nora, or you've been here for 50 years from the outset, I look at the Greens and others who were here at the beginning, or any time in between, 
I want to affirm for you that God has brought you here. God has brought you here for this time in this place. God has brought you here. Second, every single one of you carries with them a gift. And sometimes two. Maybe it's being the Easter bunny. But what we have to do is recognize that gift that is within us. Third, the gifts that you have are also given to you by God. And so you need to seek God's guidance in order to realize what those gifts are. Fourth, and here's the struggle, and I've talked to you about this before. Fourth, as you look in the mirror on any given morning, no matter who you are or where you are, no matter where you've been or what you've done, please realize You are a masterpiece of God. You are a masterpiece of God. And sometimes we feel as though maybe we're not quite the masterpiece God needs us to be. That does not in any way diminish that you are, in fact, a masterpiece of God. And who are you to diminish that incredible, miraculous, beautiful work. Fifth, when those gifts that each of us carry are identified and we are willing to share those gifts with each other, with God and with the greater community, something deeply mystical happens as those gifts begin to connect up and work often in miraculous ways together. Sixth, Remember what I said about the little tiny sprocket and the little tiny spring? Or the big sprockets? Or even the hands on the face of the clock, which are so much more obvious? Or sometimes the artistic face of the clock? But it takes the inner workings on the inside to make that front part work? Every single gift, every gift, is vital and important and equal for the workings of the church. Every single gift. But what we do is we have a tendency to compare the gifts. I am not Wally Bennett, and I could no more build a bridge out there, structurally sound, as anyone. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And I could go down the list... I can't do what Alan does. I certainly, you don't want me to do or try and do what Angie does. But we all come together and what happens is a miracle. Is there anywhere else in all of creation where you can bring together the diversity that is us and make it work? And I'll go into that one in just a second. That brings me... So, all I have to say, don't compare your gifts to somebody else's. They're all equally important. And we get caught up in this comparison thing. I appreciate the bridge. I appreciate the piano and the organ. I appreciate the directing. I appreciate people taking chairs down or setting them up or doing dishes or any of those things. All of those gifts come together and create the church. But the other key element here is that God's hope, God's expectation, is that all of it is done harmoniously. 
And that also takes work. It takes work to be in harmony together. It takes work particularly when we are as diverse as we are. And we are, we are diverse. But there's, again, this beauty in that diversity. And God's overall hope for us is unity and harmony in the midst of that diversity. Which brings me to number eight, which is that, you know what? Diversity is a positive. It is not a negative. It would be so boring if we were all the same. It would. But that's not what we are. And so we celebrate the diversity and learn how to work within that diversity so that all of it can work better, that all the gears come together. Ninth, again, there is no competition here. And finally, tenth, is that part of what has to happen in the midst of a place like this are the development of leaders. Leaders in the past, the leaders in the present, and leaders that move us into the future. But here's the deal. Every one of those leaders has to understand that it is leading by service. That it is in giving ourselves to the greater body that leadership truly happens. It's not about power. To some extent, it's about being powerless. Understanding that we are all followers of Christ. Everyone serving a purpose. So here we are. Here we are. As those ten things happen. But here's the 11th and the 12th and the 13th and the 14th and 15th. When the Bible was written, there were not chapters and verses. Well, the Bible was written, it was particularly what we read, what Shannon read this morning, it was written in the form of a letter. That one piece flows directly into the next. And notice, as we look at the body of Christ, as we hear about all of the workings within the body, Paul then underlines it with 1 Corinthians 13. These two cannot work separately from each other. We have to work in a place where love is truly patient and kind and hopeful and joyous, where there is no keeping the record of wrongs, where there is forgiveness and grace and the same love that God has for us is what we share with each other. That's why the last phrase that Shannon read was, Now I will show you a more excellent way. I do not speak with the tongues of men or of angels, but I speak of love. That is what makes it all work. That's what makes it all work. Will you pray with me? God, as we prepare for communion this morning, as we pray, as we prepare to come together around this table of grace, as even we prepare our hearts for this, help us continue to be open to your call, to never apologize for the gifts that we have, but to humbly see ourselves truly as miraculous creations of yours. I again thank you for this church. I thank you for the way in which it chooses to do its work. I thank you for all it does in the community. And I thank you for each one of the volunteers as we now prepare to recognize each other. All this 
in Christ's name. Amen. I invite you to take out the yellow insert in your bulletin, and Shannon and I will lead us in this litany of volunteering. The body of Christ is made up of many members. We are blessed with many members who care for the functioning of the body of Christ at Aldersgate United Methodist Church. They give of their time and talents. Through God's love, our volunteers are committed to to the God and to God and to us. God has worked mightily through them to bless us. Our volunteers put flesh and bone on our call to be the body of Christ in the world. Sunday school and vacation Bible school teachers, confirmation and youth leaders, junior church leaders and helpers, mentors and nursery helpers. Mission project organizers, feeders and supporters of outreach, stewardship coordinators, offering counters, special event planners and facilitators, home builders and cooks. Quilters, gardeners, artists, flower arrangers, banner hangers, bakers, cooks for gatherings here, those prayer chain participants, visitors to the hospitalized, sick and homebound, coffee servers, table and chair work crews, kitchen cleaners, and coffee servers. Cleaners, bulletin assemblers, envelope stuffers, office helpers, and so many more. As we have shared as members of this body of Christ, for all the volunteers of every kind, we thank God for you. Will you pray with me? We are truly blessed by God and enriched in our fellowship by the many people of this congregation who volunteer their time and their talent in small and large ways for the benefit of this church and for the advancement of the gospel of Christ in this place. Paul reminds us that there are varieties of gifts and varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone as a manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. There is no insignificant work that is done among us. All efforts, from maintaining our property to cleaning the church to leadership to visiting the sick to praying for one another and for our ministries, all are important efforts by which we are mutually blessed, through which we experience God's love. On this day, we give thanks to one another and to God for making the Spirit manifest among us in such a variety of ways, and we ask God's blessing on the days ahead when more will be needed in service of God, of each other, and of our neighbors. Thank you, God, for these willing hearts and hands who seek to emulate Christ in all they do. And it is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.